All right, everyone. Welcome to The Grit Show. This is our very first episode on Spotify. Um, we have a few topics today. As if y'all heard in the trailer, we're, we're going to have so many topics to talk about. Not necessarily every single topic that's mentioned in the trailer, but we have a good, a good bit here. Um, I'm your host. I'm Daniel Sun. I'm joined with my co-host, DJ Lloyd. Lloyd, say hi. Hello. How you doing today? I'm pretty good, man. How are you? Uh, you know, it's one of those days, man, dealing with audio issues and getting ready for the first podcast, you know what I'm saying? So it's exciting you know, stuff, man. Exciting stuff. Absolutely. Exciting stuff. And a long road ahead of us, you know what I'm saying? So Absolutely. All right. Uh let me mention our topics for the day. Today, popular gaming information. We got Bethesda being bought out by Microsoft. Uh we'll get into that. Uh our second topic. Uh, PS5 leaked their file size for their games, uh, also their storage size from with the first gen PlayStation 5 coming out. Uh, games coming soon. I know you're going to be excited about this one. We got Assassin's Creed Valhalla today. Oh, baby. Oh, man, it's going to be good. So good. Yeah. Uh, our last topic for the day, we're going to close it out with a streamer content creator gossip. C-Nanners. So... I know you don't know much about C-Nanners, because uh, when I mentioned the name to you, you were kind of like, who is that? <laughs> so, <laughs> Must be an American thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, it kind of is. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Today, we have a very special guest, okay? Me and this guy go way, 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 way back, okay? Uh, back to our Red Dead Redemption 1 days is where we actually met. Uh, very special guest. And I don't just mean special, as he's kind of slow to the take. He actually is a special guest. Um, my friend, for, like I said, since Red Dead Redemption. The one. Lucky, the, the only. One, the only. Lucky, lucky Devil King. Sorry, I butchered your name there, man. How you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing good. That's perfectly fine. I don't buy many lucky. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So... Have you ever done a podcast before? Have you ever been in something? No, like I that? have not. This is actually my first time being on one. So, what do you think so far? Interesting. Nervous. Interesting. <laughs> awesome. Uh, the topics. How do you feel about the topics? I'm quite shocked about the Microsoft. Uh, I haven't heard about that actually. What? Really? So we'll have get into that. Rock? Well, well, hold up, hold up. We'll get into that because the reason I brought you on this episode is because. I know how you are about your Bethesda games. You like your Elder Scrolls. You like your Skyrim. You yeah. like all of that. And you're all about the lore, and I know you love your Assassin's Creed titles. So, you know, that's why I brought you in on the show. Uh, that's, that's, that's Valhalla I'm really looking forward to. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> all right. So, all right, let me ask you this. Um, how did you get into gaming? Uh, my mother and father actually got me into gaming. My mom had, an, uh, my dad had a Sega my mom had an Atari. I started off on my mother's Atari, upgraded to my dad's Sega. My dad got a PS1, and it kind of just snowballed from there. I always got their old consoles as they went up, got kept going on awesome. until about about till about I got to the PS2, and that's when I got my first console was the PS2. You had yes. cool parents, man. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely cool. Parents. Yeah, like my mom had all the old games. Like my mom had Pitfall. That I grew up on Sonic, Pitfall. You name it, I played it. Mario, Super Mario Brothers, yeah. Take it way back. Oh, yeah. 
It's kind of like me, man. My parents were kind of big into the arcade games. So, like, they would go to arcades and spend three hours playing one quarter on Galaga and Miss Pac-Man. So, it's like, you know, I kind of come from a gaming background. Um, Lloyd, what about you? <laughs> yeah, my parents were not gamers in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Let's put that clear. Okay. Um, my old man, when I was young, got me, I don't know if you, if you guys know, but he had a Spectrum he got me. Uh, which used to be little cassettes. I used to go to school in the morning, put the cassette in, come home to make sure it was all loaded. Um, that was way back when. And then I went to uh, the Sega Master System, which was built in Alex the Kid. That was amazing. Then I went to a Sega Mega Drive. Then I had a Super Nintendo. Then an N64. Uh, then I went PS1, PS2, PS3, PS4. Um, I dabbled a little bit in Xbox but not much but yeah so that's kind of i think i'm slightly older so yeah so spectrum is where i started oh the amiga 500 at some point along the lines as well so um, how old are you 33 33 so you're five years older than me you're not much older than me uh so, you know i'm 28 have you ever heard of a spectrum no i have not that's why have I'm you ever heard of an amiga 500 that name sounds familiar actually have you ever heard of a sega master system yes i have I've heard of that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Lucky, how old are you? I am 25, actually, coming in a few days, but I'm 24 right now. So, all right, so your your birthday's right around the corner. I'm well, happy birthday for that. Yeah, thank you. Happy birthday. Awesome, 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 awesome. So, let's get right into it, shall we? Yeah. First topic. First topic. Probably one of the biggest topics we're going to talk about today. Bethesda being bought by Microsoft. Lloyd, Massive. how do you feel about this? What does this, this do to the gaming industry? Dude, this changes everything. This is just this is a complete game changer. This is this is a well played by Microsoft in my opinion. So let's get down to like the nitty gritty. So Sony has been been playing the kind of exclusives war with Microsoft for a while now, and always coming out on top. And they've been beating down Microsoft for a while. They, for an acquisition this large, this has got been in the pipeline for years. So, at- all right, just to, just to hold off, but like, just to hang on a second. So you just said that, right? My first note is, me personally, in my opinion, I think this throws a wrench in the plans for the future of Sony Entertainment, right? Absolutely. Which basically, basically it does, and basically you just said that. Like, that's huge. It's massive. I mean, um, it's- it's a gut shot right to Sony. It really is. Yeah, yeah, it really it really is because Sony, some of their biggest titles is, like you said, The Elder Scrolls, Skyrim, and Assassin's Creed and all that. So this is a gut shot. This, this, ha- this is going to be a gut shot to my, uh, Sony. No joke. So even though Assassin's Creed isn't part of Bethesda, because also you've got another thing in the works is they've... Um, uh, Microsoft have just um, added EA Play to their Game Pass as well, which is obviously all the Assassin's Creed games, stuff like that. So they're yeah. playing, they're playing a big game here. Um, and one of the biggest things that you got to mention is Sony do not have the capital to combat and buy studios the way that Microsoft does. Microsoft oh, have got so much money. So in just in the simplest form, Sony cannot compete just down to financials. They don't have the, that kind of money to um, to acquire uh, studios like that. So that's you know your first point. They I don't think they can compete. 
So this could be very, this could be bad news for Sony. Absolutely, mm. right? We all agree on Massive. this. Oh, so, yeah. this means PlayStation can miss out on all future Bethesda titles, could it not? Yeah, well, it depends on how Microsoft are going to play it. I mean, it yeah, is. I was going to say, if they make it an exclusive, yes. Like, if yeah. they make all Bethesda titles an exclusive from here on out. Yeah, they, they that could be definitely a gut shot. It, it's also, it's going to come down to the new CEO of Sony, who's taken over from the old, uh, old CEO, how he's going to approach Microsoft on this. Because if Microsoft isn't going to make Bethesda's games... Easy yeah. for you to say. I cannot <laughs> say that word. I'm sorry. Say, I've never been able to say their name. Anyways... If if he can approach Microsoft and actually work this out, they might not be as much of a gut shot. It's still going to hurt them financially because they're going to have to play basically royalties. Well, to- I don't think that's going to happen. Like when Sony was playing their kind of uh, their exclusives war, um, mm-hmm. Microsoft approached them and basically Sony was like, no chance. So I mean, Sony had some yeah. of the biggest titles. You know, they got they they still have they got God of War. They've got the Last of Us, they've got uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, things like that. They were big titles yeah. that drew people in. And Microsoft didn't really have... Okay, they had Halo and Gears. Obviously, yeah. huge, huge titles that everyone loves. But yeah. in terms of the exclusive war, they, they couldn't really compete. This changes things. Um, mm-hmm. Now, Microsoft have said that everything that was announced for, for PlayStation 5, um, they will adhere to so they'll follow that through they'll still allow it to be released but their statement is that after that everything's going to be on a case-by-case basis right um so yeah this could be yeah this is huge i mean because this also ties in there was very strategic keep in mind that they announced this days before the pre-order of the xbox um this would have been probably a tipping point for a lot of people to go xbox um there's yeah. also more to it as well when you had Sony announce the price increase of games. Now, for those that don't know, with Microsoft, all of their in-house studios releases release on Game Pass day one. No fee. So for anyone that doesn't know, Game Pass is a, a subscription-based service. You pay $14.99 a month for Ultimate, and that will actually give you the Game Pass for both PC and Xbox. So... When the new Elder Scrolls game drops, you're not going to have to pay for it. It's going to be day one on Game Pass, you download it. If they allow that to release on PlayStation 5, well, they're saying it's going to be, what, 70 quid? I think it, I think it was like uh, US. I think it was like closer to $70. Because I think yeah. it, they jumped the price to $10. $10 mm-hmm. more than what it actually is. So Yeah, same as... Doing that, here. doing that, you know... I mean, basically, what are you paying for at that point? What, the 4K? Like what? I don't know. Well, we the we all know FPS? that. Yes. What? Mm, well, we all know that games are getting more and more expensive to develop. To develop. That, that's uh, true. I think that's has has a big bearing in. So they need to increase their profit mar- margins, which I understand. But then when you've got this game that Microsoft have got, where you pay for a subscription service, it's very affordable, and then you can have all the latest releases for nothing. But okay, so see if they can't. See, here's my thing, though. Like, if they're coming up on game prices, really, that doesn't just, to me, that doesn't justify because they're already going up 100 bucks on each individual PS5 unit. Mm-hmm. So, that doesn't justify to me going up $10 on, you know, 
each game. Well, the actual consoles, like if you take PS4 for example, the actual profit per console was tiny. I think it was like ten or twenty quid per con per console. Um, so it's not like they've got huge profit margin on the console itself. Um, and I imagine for uh, kind of competitiveness between Microsoft and Sony themselves, the profit margin is not very high on the actual consoles themselves. So it's going to be down to games is where they make their money. Yeah. Now, there's a, you, we've seen a lot of studios shut down more recently where the, the profit isn't there. I mean, they're not making the money that they require to make. Um, but we, when we look at this, because um, with them acquiring Bethesda, it's not just Bethesda. So you've got multiple studios under Bethesda. So we have got Arcane Studios. We've got id Software, Machine Games, Tango Gameworks, Zenimax Online. So just to give um, kind of with the AAA titles, you are looking at Elder Scrolls, the, all the Elder Scrolls going forward. Doom, Fallout, Wolfenstein, Dishonored, Prey, the new, new highly anticipated Starfield, um, ESO Online, the work so now they've got their foot in the mmo community um so it's huge so theoretically if microsoft want to they can take all these massive triple a titles and sony can't have them if they wanted to i think they will allow sony to have them okay so let me pick back sorry to cut you off let me pick back on that because so what does that do with the games that are already owned by PlayStation consumers, right? So like the Bethesda games, you got Skyrim, Elder Scrolls Online, like you said, Oblivion, all of them. So what does that do with them? Like they're still they're still owned, but it means that anything new. So if they brew, so the next um, the next Wolfenstein, for example, if Sony, if uh, sorry, if Microsoft decides that that is Xbox exclusive, then if you got if you got PlayStation, you can't play it. Simple as that. Right. I don't think they will do that. But what they are doing really, really here is if you've got Game Pass, you get the game for free. PlayStation have PlayStation Now, which, let's be honest, is not brilliant. I mean, that's mostly like backwards compatibility. Like, that's just like PlayStation 3 mm-hmm. games, right? Yeah, so the problem you've got there is then if you do want to play it on PlayStation, then you've got to buy to pay it. an you, arm and a leg for it. You've got, you've got to pay the whole thing. It's the same as like DLCs. Like, with Game Pass, for example, currently, they've put Destiny 2 on it. And every Destiny 2 DLC is available. And when the new one comes out in November, that's going to be available as well. But if you're on PlayStation, so you've got to buy the base game and it's going to be $70, then you're going to have to buy each individual DLC. It's going to end up a lot of money when you think about, hang on a minute, I could actually buy an Xbox, which is more powerful, get the Game Pass, and then I haven't technically got to buy any games because they're all there, bar from a couple. Except Um, for the monthly rate of the game pass right yeah well at the minute as well they've got a really good thing going on so if you've got a year's worth of xbox uh, live gold so you paid your 50 pound for the year and you've got 12 months you can upgrade to uh, ultimate for a pound and it goes on how many months you've got in the bank up to three years so if you go and buy three years worth of uh, xbox live gold right now then you can upgrade for a pound to ultimate so just to give you the maths on that of how much you're saving right so xbox live gold is 50 pound per year right so it's 150 pound if you was to pay 14.99 over a year it's 179 pounds you times that by three 
that's 539 pounds that you'd be paying but you can get all of that for 151 pounds and you haven't got to pay that for three years so that's another thing they're being very smart with what they're doing like so i said think, that you think this generation <clears throat> console this next console generation comes out you think a lot of people are going to switch over to xbox just for that alone absolutely if you think about it if i mean if you, sorry go, go on no go on the thing is to me too is like you were saying like you spend how much is the year you said 50 a year for the gold yeah so you spend 50 a year for the gold right you have access to all these games right and all the dlcs that come out it made me think about destiny one reason i say that is because i bought destiny one on disc right me too um, i bought it on disc when it first came out when it first came out i bought it on disc 60 bucks right and then I bought every DLC after that, which is what, how many? Four DLCs, and each one was like fifteen bucks, man. That's sixty extra dollars mm-hmm. just in DLCs. Mm-hmm. So potentially, I spent a hundred and twenty dollars on that game just to get the game and all the DLCs, and that's not including all the microtransactions they added for the silver and all that in the game, right? Mm-hmm. So you're saying, like, for the Xbox, when it comes out, you're paying $50 for the Game Pass, and it's $50 so for no, a year. No, so so just to correct you there slightly, so it's 50, it's $50 for the Game Pass, uh, sorry, for the Xbox Live, which is like PlayStation Plus. But right. if you pay $14.99 per month, you get basically uh, Game Pass Ultimate, which includes your Xbox Live and your Game Pass. So 65 No, so it's $14.99 per month. That's it. You get everything. Oh, I got you. Okay. All right. So, 40, so that, yeah. 49 a month gives you everything. And the thing is, you haven't got to then pay out. Per, I think paying out per game is kind of dead in the water now. I mean, you look at uh, Amazon have just released their gaming stream service. You've got Stadia. PlayStation's like one of the few, and, and um, Steam are the few that are being paid per game. Now, with Ultimate as well, that puts pressure on Steam because Ultimate includes PC. So, for example, the new Microsoft Flight Simulator, highly anticipated. If you don't have Ultimate, then you're going to pay, what, 60, 60 bucks for that? Yeah. But with the Ultimate, day one it's released, you got it. It changes things massively. Do you think, um, do you think PlayStation might... Do you think that's why PlayStation come out with the download-only version of the playstation do you think that they might have some kind of plan there i don't think so because if they did it would be a system that's already in place they wouldn't release a new console and then bring a system in six months later but now their hand is being forced so we've got to see what they come up with but say they do try and combat this and bring up their own system microsoft can quite easily say okay this all all stuff for now and that we own is microsoft exclusive so pc and Xbox only. And that just takes so many AAA titles off of Sony. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. That, that mm. makes a lot of sense. I mean, the only reason I ask is because Xbox isn't coming out with a download only console, right? Yeah, they are. They, yep. they are. Okay, I didn't yeah, know that. So is that the XS series thing? Yes. Uh, oh, it's the S series. The S series. Uh, Xbox okay, Series S. And you've got the Xbox Series S. Uh, X. Yeah, um, yeah, so they've both done the same thing. It's supposed to be down to um, 
affordability. So if you can't quite afford the maximum price, then you can get a kind of a lesser version that doesn't have a disk drive. It's download only. Um, we talk about which we talked about this before, right? Mm-hmm. The the download only for the PS5 is same power, right? But it's just, just it is where with the Xbox, there's a massive power difference. Right. Okay. Cool. Huge. So maybe maybe that'll I don't know maybe Sony will come up with something. Oh, we shall see, but I imagine just from this uh, whole pre-order war, I imagine that Sony has probably lost a lot of people already. All right. um, this is a big play by Microsoft, and I think um, if if Sony aren't careful, this could send them slowly downhill. If they're not careful, it, it's going to hurt them drastically, yeah. because uh, I will give the new CEO Sony credit. Where the old CEO said, no, we're never going to cross-platform or anything like that. The new CEO came in and said, you know what? We're doing it. We're opening up the cross-platforms. We're we're going to go forward with what people want. It, it's really down on how he's going to play this because he's done things the old Sony wouldn't do. I, d- I don't know if he's going to work with Microsoft on this, but if the only way I can see them... Basically, being able to avoid the gut shot that's coming from this power move by Microsoft is to basically walk on that thin glass of trying to keep Microsoft, try to get back in Microsoft's good favor. But that, that's the problem is though, Sony and Microsoft have always been at each other's throats. They've never been in good favor of each other. Oh, dude, lo- the console war is still going strong. What do you mean? Yeah, like, I mean, uh, like... I know, I know, but this, this might actually make Sony try to do a little bit of a speak mm. because that, that that's the only way they're not going to avoid a gut shot from I mean you Microsoft. talk about cross platform one yeah. of the biggest reasons that Sony didn't want to do cross platform is because it meant m- working with Microsoft yeah that was one that's of the biggest reasons said, that's, that's why I said this is going to come down not only to what Microsoft's other power movie is now that they realize they got this and they've got this uh stranglehold on the Sony. It's also going to come down to the new CEO that stepped in and said uh, that actually did when they realized that they were strangling themselves. It's going to come down to what, yeah, it's going to come down to what he does. He might actually be the one that goes, you know what? I'm going to try to extend a friendly hand here. I'm going to try to do something. Yeah, absolutely. And, okay, I'm not going to spend too much time on the cross-platform thing. It's kind of off-topic. But I do want to say this about it. I feel like, personally, cross-platform shouldn't be forced. Does that make sense? Like, you should have the option. Optional. Yeah. A lot of games are optional, though, which is good. Right. Absolutely. And that's the way it should be as far as Mm -hmm. cross-platform goes. It should be an optional thing. Like, if I don't want to play with PC, if I don't want to play with Xbox then I don't have to. I can play with just PlayStation users. Yeah, you know agreed. Agreed. Like, a lot why... of that is down to people just want, wanting to be able to play with their friends. So it's a right. social aspect of gaming. I understand not anything that. else. I totally understand that. And I totally agree. But like I said, make it optional for those people who want to do that. Absolutely. All right. Uh, moving on, let's wrap up this topic. Uh, I'm going to ask you, each of you individually, Lloyd, how do you feel about this change? It's so it's this is gonna change gaming forever. Um I feel sorry for Sony 
this could be the start of their downfall. Um, but you've got to say fair play to Microsoft. They they sat and wait, and and yeah, we got to kind of sit and wait and see what happens. But yeah, this is this is changing gaming forever. They basically, I, which I, I kind of understand what you're saying. You know, they Xbox has Sony in a corner at this point, and it's like mm-hmm. you know, fight or die at this point. Basically, absolutely. Lucky, how do you feel about it? It's going to be a big change. It's This is going to be an uncertain future for both Sony players and Steam players, really. Steam players as well. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be a big change for not just Sony, but Steam players as well. This is going to be an uncertain future, but we're going to have to sit back and see how it goes. Enjoy the ride. It's going to be an interesting few months. Ride as it goes. Uh, I feel this is my closing statement. I think Sony is going to have to man up and come up with a solution to solidify the future of Sony Entertainment at this point. Uh, Like I said, this is a gut shot. This is a gut shot to Sony. So they have to figure out something to either break even with Microsoft and kind of, you know, tip the scale a little bit or come out on top. How they got they pull something. They got pull something out of the bag here, man. Yeah, no joke. Like they're gonna have to go so deep and just try to figure out what they can do to either balance it or tip the scale a little bit. And their biggest issue is they don't have the financials that Microsoft do. That's one of their biggest issues. Probably why we're paying ten dollars more a game. Mm-hmm. So, moving on. Console information: the PS5 file size. I don't want to talk too much on this. It's basically just specs. From a, from a technical standpoint. And some of it is repeat. Uh, it's kind of the same thing. Uh, so at launch, I read the PS5 storage size will be 825 gigabytes of memory, which is very close to a terabyte. Uh, that's not... I mean, PlayStation 4 come out with a Pro uh, not too long ago, which gave you a terabyte. Well, it but, will be a terabyte hard drive. It's just there's partitions that take up space for right, software. Right, the storage like size is Absolutely. Absolutely. And which that is itself is a step up from the Gen 1 of the PlayStation 4, which was a 500 gig. It was half a terabyte. I mean, you know, that that's definitely a step up. Like, we get a terabyte base model. That's, that's huge. Um, it's huge also because the update files for games and game file sizes uh 50 to 100 gigs it's about the same as a ps4 uh for some major games out there like red dead's like 120 battlefront's like 115 battlefront 2 i'm sorry battlefront 2 is like 115 gigs destiny 2 is about 120 yeah destiny 2 is about 120 so like a lot of the later titles that come out for ps4 are closer to 100 gigs there's really not not much of a change there uh so yeah, that's something to look forward to for the PS5. Just having the the terabyte on the base model, that's amazing. That's it's going to go a long way there. Uh, any any comments? Oh, really, I mean, it's, I think that's becoming a standard now. Um, a lot of people upgraded their like yeah. I upgraded my PS4 hard drive to a terabyte. Really? As as I got it. Xbox are doing exactly the same thing. The lesser models both have a 500 gig hard drive instead. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a standard, which is good. But then games are getting bigger. Uh, they're getting bigger and bigger. So how many games you can store on that is going to be 
probably around the same, if not less, because of the size of games actually coming out. So I bought yeah I bought a PlayStation right I bought my PS4 I'm sorry I bought a PS4 and I bought the 500 gig version which was a slim don't get me wrong uh, within a year I had already filled up the storage mm-hmm. right and I was like ah okay so I had to buy an internal hard drive and I added it to a terabyte you know I made it a terabyte all well and good you know then they dropped the pro at this point. I give my slim to my wife, and I, I give the slim to my wife, and she's playing it now. She has the terabyte hard drive still in there, this still work, running running good, um, and I'm still playing on the pro, which is a terabyte. So the fact that it's a terabyte base model, it's a good thing. I like that. And like you said, the game files are getting bigger, so it just kind of changes the it, game a little. And I know I'm talking in circles, but... You know. One thing there was that um, with, like, the Xbox One X, they released external hard drives you could plug in. And I think Sony would be good to do a similar thing. Did so I not they... see something about Sony doing that? Yes, uh, yes, they actually did. Yes. Okay. I actually, yes, I actually have one right now hooked up to my PlayStation. No, 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 no. I'm talking about for the PS5. Didn't they say something about doing the same thing? Maybe yeah. not. Uh, probably the only problem. You Maybe got for there, the download only. Maybe for the download only. Um, the only problem you got there is obviously the new consoles, both Xbox and PS5, are coming out with SSDs, so they're not mechanical hard drives okay. anymore. Yeah, so there's going to be a big price yeah. difference if they do bring out these yeah. external SSDs because you well, want it to be SSDs. Uh, just for people who don't know, what's an SSD? Uh, solid state drive. Yeah. So rather than it spinning up. Um, to read your files, it's it doesn't move. It's got no mechanical parts in it. They fail less. They're faster access, much much faster. Um, so in terms of load times, everything like that, it's just going to be very very quick in comparison. Almost. Yeah. Um, the the thing I'm looking forward towards these specs, if we're getting a terabyte base model, that that that's going to set the standards high for the uh, for both consoles really, because if both consoles are coming out with a terabyte by base model that's going to be exciting to see what those like the pro or i think it's the xbox one x series or sx series however you say that it's going to are we going to get more terabyte to it with the hard drives if you get what i'm getting at probably a lot of the reason behind this is like they said is games are getting bigger and bigger and bigger we go back when PS4 first launched. Was there a game out there that was 100 gig? Absolutely Heck not. No. It was under 50. Each one, man, was like under 50 gigs. And now, a 100 gig game is pretty commonplace. I think, see, that's the thing. Like you mentioned the first, when it first dropped, when PS4 first dropped, right? The, mm-hmm. I think the highest gig we saw might have been 40. Probably. I said you was probably around about right there. And then you look at now, like you've got 100, 120 good games, and it's the it's standard. Um, so they're going to have to, and you're still, because of that reason, you're still going to run out of space. You, you're not going to be able to have 20 games installed. Um, it's not feasible. So it's kind of where games have got bigger, they've had to give a, a bigger base hard drive. SSD is obviously a nice upgrade. Um, but yeah, we're it's not really an upgrade in sense. We're at the same point purely because games are larger. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So, moving on, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody said the piece, right? Cool. Ah, so here we are. Boy. All right. Game's coming out. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Let's talk about the story timeline. If you can't tell by the title, it's Norse mythology, right? We're taking it back to the Viking area, man. I'm talking during the time of Odin. This game takes place in 873 AD during the Viking invasion of Great Britain. Plays a Viking raider named Ivor? Ivor? Ivor, I I guess. I think it's Ivor. It's Ivor. Who was involved in the conflict between Brotherhood of Assassins and the Templar Order? What do y'all think? This game is going to be so. So, first off, um, I am from England. I love everything Viking. Um, This game is going to be so good. I love it. No, no, go on. And I know, Lucky, Lucky, I know you love the Norse mythology. Oh, this game! This game's touching my heart right now. Like, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've been like, I'm not gonna lie, I've been geeking out. I've been reading up on it as much as I can. Like, I am really looking forward to everything in this game because not I've read not only can you do like the main story mission, but it, they've added more of the free world roaming mechanic, which means we'll get can, to that. We'll get to the gameplay. Lloyd, did you have a comment on the timeline i think it's a great idea i love so historically assassin's creed have always tried to do kind of accurate historical things but then they stretch it i love how they're doing the same thing so there's rumors that it's going to be like ragnar lothbrook um who was uh, a viking king um legitimately um they've gone really along the lines odin's going to be in this too well, this is the thing. So paganism. So obviously their their religion was paganism, um, and they've gone along that lines. Like Odin was always represented as a raven. They've got a, they're like in the trailer you see it. There's a raven as as formed as Odin. Um, you even see them praying to the All Father. Um, so this is this is huge. I don't think the actual gods are going to be physical forms, but in terms of their religion sites that they see etc they're going to put down to the gods like they would in that in that time so i really like how they've gone quite in depth with that side of things um yeah i think it's going to be really good and i like the kind of there's somewhat historical accuracy going on um especially with the invasion of uh, of england which obviously was a thing um yeah i think uh i think they've made a really good choice with what they've done here yeah absolutely all right let's get into gameplay right so i have this in my notes Lead your Viking clan to war against the Anglo-Saxons and come out on top to earn supplies for your settlements, which haven't been in a game, in an AC game, since Black Flag. Black. Settlements, settlements are coming back into the game. How do we feel about this? Oh, brilliant idea. It's a brilliant idea. I've got to agree with Lloyd on this. Brilliant idea. Like That was the best mechanic from Black Flag. Absolutely. Dude. Hands down, that was the best mechanic. Uh, I've done a little bit of research myself. You're, uh, what's going to be great about those raids is it isn't going to be like the ships that you saw in Black Flag where you directed them. It's right. going to be an actual battle where you can go in and fight with your clan. And see, the one thing is, is like when I was playing Assassin's Creed 3, 
probably for anybody who knows me, probably my favorite installment to the game, to the series, right? Mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed Three. So in there, everybody complained about the fact that there wasn't naval battles. There wasn't enough naval battles. You know, you get on there, you're not. You might sail a ship here and there. No big deal. Well, Black Flag comes out, and it's basically based all around naval battles. And then they add the settlements to it. So, this is going to be interesting. I want to see how they do this, because that's going to be great. Absolutely. I believe um, a lot of the what the way they're doing the settlements as well is raiding. So, anyone I got that's... I got stuff on that. I got stuff oh, on okay. that, too. <laughs> oh, hold on for a second. <laughs> I got stuff on that, too. Let's talk about the combat system, right? It's been changed slightly to allow you to be able to dual wield almost any weapon in the game. Now, I know what you're thinking. What kind of weapons will we be playing with, right? Well, I'll tell you. You'll be using great swords, flails, shields, probably so much more from the Viking era. Mm-hmm. That's going to be great. Like, the dual wield thing, I'm looking forward to. I mean, could you imagine a great sword and a flail on the other hand, dude? Dude, well, I don't think that would be anything because great sword is a two-handed weapon. Right, I understand that, but think about that. Like, <laughs> be just oh, got, something oh, like that, them. double flails, you know? Like, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. But then they, I think it's also they're trying to go for Viking accuracy. So Vikings traditionally either had axe and shield, sword and shield, or like dual wield axes. That's how the Vikings fought. So the fact that you can actually replicate that, I think it's a brilliant idea. I think um, if they can keep the fluidity of a lot of the way their combat has been as well, that could be makes some, for some amazing combat. The so best you're worst, saying best. axes. Wonderfully yeah. Like throwing axes. Uh, <laughs> what, could what's well be, really man. going to set the combat apart is what Lloyd said here, is the, the beauty of having the dual-wield aspect of for axes alone is Vikings were monstrous when it came to their dual-wields. They were yeah. fast. They were limber. They were fluid. They were basically your... But they were all... You, you say monstrous, right? But they were all massive, dude. They're all, like, huge guys. But, you know what I'm saying? Big, yeah, yeah, yeah. guys, you know? And but, but, for them to but, be able to move that quick, dude, it's going to be amazing. Like, yeah, that's what I was about to get at. Like, they were huge. Like, they were built guys. They had to be to survive in the world they were in. Yeah, absolutely. But, but not just but that. You had shield maintenance as when well. They see that, yeah. they immediately think, oh, big-ass sword, big axe, big hammers. What would surprise a lot of people is they used a lot more one-handed weapons than what people gave it credit for, and they were monstrous about it. Like, a, a lot wouldn't. of it isn't down to their size, though. A lot of it was down to their combat ability. This yeah. thing that, like, they were born in the fire of combat. They were taught to fight from a very young age. That was just their culture. Um, yeah. So this is the thing. When you're going against, say, a British soldier who may have been training for X amount of years, but you've got someone that from birth has been trained to fight, like their smart. actual combat ability is just going to be far superior. And that was the biggest problem, was they were superior fighters. Kind of like yes. Spartans, right? Like absolutely. Game. Absolutely. So Spartans, yes. same situation. They were literally born into a fire of combat. They were trained to fight from a very, very young age. And it showed, because their combat abilities and their tactics and things like that were second to none in Greece. Yeah. Um, that's why they were one of the most feared 
fighting forces in the whole of Greece because of that thing. And when you've got people that are literally born and taught to fight from the minute they can stand, so they've got, and you come across a 30-year-old man that has literally been training to fight for 30 years, and you've been gone, you've gone to the army, obviously medieval times, and maybe you've trained for five years, you've got no chance, absolutely no chance. They're going to know every trick in the book. Their, their, their technique, their tactics, everything is going to be far superior. It'll and that allowed them like, and that allowed them to be super confident and super aggressive. And that, I think that took a lot of people by surprise is when you're coming across someone one-on-one and they are so aggressive, it's like, how do you, how do you fight against that? And it was, it was a new thing. No one had come across it. And that's why the Vikings were so formidable. Yeah, and that's what I was about to say too. Was that was something that completely threw the British off their feet? Was they went in thinking like this was going to be any other fight, and then they just met pure brutality. And mm-hmm. that's what the Vikings are—are are just pure brutality. And they didn't know—they didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to combat this. Yeah. Like, Lord, Still like Lord, weapons. Yeah, great. they were living weapons, much like the Spartans. The difference between the Spartans and the Vikings was the Vikings were a bit more brutal in their attacks. Yeah. I'd like to see a showdown between Vikings and Spartans. Oh, but... God, yes, because oh, the Spartans like... are going to strike strategically. At now, when we're talking, okay, when we're talking stereotypical Spartan, are we talking like brass shield with a spear? Or are we mm-hmm. talking brass shield with a sword? Well, they uh, they carry both. Exactly. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, it's like between okay, let's break it down a little bit, right? So let's do a stereotypical Viking. What do we think? What weapons? Dual wield. What? what? Uh, axe and shield. Axe and shield. Axe and shield. And that's all they use, right? Or sword and shield, but they do favor the axe. Stereotypical. Stereotypical. Mm-hmm. It's a weapon so, and a shield, right? Axe and shield. Okay, so axe and shield for a Viking, right? So let's break it down. A Spartan, brass shield, right? Yep. And let's say a spear. Well, no, it's because they always carried spear and sword. So right. when they were in their lineup, they would use spear. And then when they went to hand-to-hand, they would drop the spear because it was too big and turn to their short swords. That's how they fought. Mm. That'd be an interesting fight, though. It would. Because, see, here's the thing. The Spartan, what made them so formidable was their craftsmanship. That the, brass, the brass shield was a big shield. Like people don't understand, but that shield was massive. It covered, covered, it covered their head all the way down to their midsection, right? It covered down to their knees. It their knees. Like, okay, so yeah, yeah see that. It was, it was a massive. No, so play? slightly wrong there, but the Spartan tactic is that you would always, especially on their lineup, you defend the man to your left thigh to neck. That oh. was the way they fought. So their shield actually wasn't personal; it's actually for the when they're in a lineup for defenses. Oh, it was closer to what I said. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's thigh to neck, but it, so that they are they are big, but they were light. This is the thing. They yes, very light. Because the brass made them light, but the brass was just thick enough that it, it deflected everything any opponent could throw at it. It like, also helped. It also helped the way the curvature of the shield, right? It also kind of helped them slip punches and slip hits and stuff like that, right? Because they would hit, 
block with a shield and it would just slip right off the shield. It wouldn't stay there, you know what I mean? Because it's curved, right? It's kind of like a dome effect. And what a lot of people also realize is the lip of the shield, they would do bashes with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So when they would parry with the shield, they would come in with a bash. And that's metal connecting to your body. <laughs> that's going to send you something back. Between a Viking and a Spartan, I think a Viking would win. The Viking, it would be a very close fight because here's the thing: if if it was a right a party raid, a Viking party raid versus a line of Spartans. No, no, no. We're talking one on one here. Okay, one on one. I, I'm just covering everything. It would be. It would still be a close fight because. The Viking would have to get around that shield. If it went from sword and uh, sword to axe combat, I would have. It, they are equal on that brutality when they're in hand to hand fight. Yes, yes, it's, that's true. It's, it's, it would be such a close fight. It would literally come down to who can hit that fatal blow first. Well, so I think you got one thing you'll take in consideration is that Spartans were honorable fighters. Where Vikings were dirty fighters. They didn't care. And that, yeah, they, it was just win by any means necessary. Um, I personally I think Spartans were top of Viking. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think Why so. That? Just because of honor? Not necessarily because of honor, but it was very, very disciplined. Like the Vikings weren't disciplined people. No uh, hard, no holds barred for a Viking. I got, pretty I got much. Viking. I got what you're saying. Yeah. And then you, you look at the Spartans. They they took on massive armies. And just down to their level-headedness, um, their tactics. Spartans are more level-headed, right? Absolutely. And they're also like more mercenary, right? Uh, and more the, of a mercenary than a Viking would be. Well, he, here's the thing: we can also throw in this in the aspect we can look back to history, because if we look to the events of the 300 Spartans, which was the natural event, they held off the advancing Persian army. Just 300 of them held off, what, 40,000, 50,000 people, nearly more than that probably, for two weeks before the uh, uh, Greek, uh, Greek Empire finally came. For two weeks, 300 guys held out against a massive army. That says a lot. True. But that was all down to tactics. Yeah, it all come down to tactics. They bottlenecked into a canyon. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, it forces the Persian army to bottleneck too to get. Which to so then they do, numbers don't mean anything. At that point, right? They they leveled the playing field. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so. that's what that fight between a Viking and a Spartan is going to come down to is that Spartan leveling that playing field, and when that happens, the Viking ain't got no chance. I don't know, man. I don't know. Be interesting, but we've digressed slightly. Let's talk about yeah. raiding, man. All right. Before we get to that, though, before we get to that, let's talk about the customization. Well, actually, you know what? Let's do the rating. Okay. Now, go ahead and talk about the rating. Well, I think, first of all, historically accurate, because that's what Vikings were known for. Um, they raided. They literally jumped to a boat. They went to a town, and they used to take everything they had. Um, so I'm pretty sure what I've seen is that's going to uh, hold quite strongly in like the community sense. So with your settlement, I think the way that you're going to expand your settlement and things like that is going to be via raiding, 
um, which then is obviously very Viking. It's what they used to do. I quite like that. I, I hope they do that well. And I hope it's not that kind of repetitive mechanic where it's just like, okay, the town looks different, but it's the same stuff. You've got like yeah. fighting, fighting the same guards. And I hope they bring some versatility to it. Um, but yeah, that, I think that's really interesting. I really hope they do a good job of that. Yeah. The, when it comes to running the mechanic, I hope they kind of steer away from. It's kind of the mechanic they had in Black Flag, where, like Lloyd said, it becomes... it. That's just a grind at stacky. that point. It becomes yeah, stacky. It, yeah, it becomes stacky. Like, I, I want to, let's say, expand my settlement by a little bit, and I have to go raid three different villages just to get it like even a few more settlers or a few more houses, I have to do this so many times. I hope they avoid that mechanic, really. Like, I understand, like, that's what they had to do, but I really hope they avoid that mechanic because at that point in time, people can complain that it becomes too grindy, too stacky. Basically. And I really hope they avoid that. Yeah, I don't mind if they if they got you to multiple rates, but each scenario was quite different to the next. Um, then, then I don't mind. But like I said, if it becomes very repetitive, then it comes borderline grindy, um, and people aren't so into that. We kind of like a, a bit of fluidity with it. So story-wise, just it constantly rolling combat, everything. We want it to kind of just flow rather than you almost hit a standpoint where it's like, okay, now I've got to grind this out for X amount of time just to progress. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hope it has like a nice flow to it. Yeah. That way it doesn't become a dull thing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm hoping that they make it fluid enough that you actually want to do the settlements. It's just not something in the background. It's something that you want to do. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Moving on. Customization. Now, I haven't played an Assassin's Creed game in a while, y'all, so you might have to help me out here. I don't think any of them has as many customization options as this one, right? Like I said before, you play as a Viking Raider named Ivor. Now, do you want to play as a male or a female? You can choose the gender. Yeah, I heard you could choose. You can choose the gender between male or female. You also get to choose the hairstyle, the clothing, the armor, and even the tattoos. Because that was big back in the day, right? Vikings Absolutely. were all about their tattoos, man. And they all and, meant something. Yes, and that's what I was about to say is the tattoos are going to be the big stable point, especially if you're a lord nut like my, me and Lloyd here. When it comes to the tattoos and you know in the North mythology and you know what certain tattoos are, it's going to be really interesting to see if they bring in you know, certain tattoos that meant certain things and you can see it. Like, this just might be the tip of the iceberg, man. There might be more in there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, the way I've heard it is you could, you're actually going to be able to customize not just your character, but the weapons as well. Like, you can change the metal of the axe heads, and you can change yeah. the, handle, the handle of the swords, and you can change what the bows and arrows look like. So it's really going to be... I like putting my own little spin on a character anyway to make them stop. Yeah. I, I, hope yeah. they, 
I hope they come up with some pretty cool armor ideas as well. Like Assassin's yeah. Creed of old, do you know what I mean? There was always when you was upgrading to a new type of armor. And aesthetically, a lot of them, like the better armors, look very cool. Um, yeah. But obviously, they were very much, you know, the typical Assassin's Creed cloak, stuff like that. With yeah. um, Valhalla, they've obviously come away from that slightly where, do you know I mean, we've seen the images and they're not necessarily all cloaked up and things like that. We have seen, um, they've still got the hidden blades, um, but it's going to give them more, hopefully more variety um, so we can have a bit more customization in that sense and then as well as obviously of old there was dye so theoretically you'd be able to change the color but being able to have you know facial hair and hairstyles and hair colors and tattoos you change and the like uh, face paint too. i like that you can also change the face paint too uh, the war paint that's cool yeah yeah i saw that now Ooh, that's gonna be good too that's awesome yeah uh okay let's talk multiplayer now I'm kind of bummed. I know. I know. I'm bummed about this, man. They haven't had... The Assassin's Creed franchise has not had a good multiplayer since Unity. Right? And even then, Unity had so many glitches to it. But I think it's because the community didn't speak out and try to fix the game. Anyway, that's a, that's a different topic. But, with that being said, they're bringing what may be a very a, a new aspect to the game that I think might be very very good. I want to know how they take this. So, how do y'all feel about this? You'll be able to create a, a Viking mercenary that can be recruited by other players worldwide. It's like a mercenary for hire, isn't it? Yeah. So, like, by other players worldwide, and you use it, and and they can use that mercenary in their assaults and raids. And of course, the spoils go to the player that created this said Viking Mercy. It's 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 a reminiscent to a completely different game called um, Dragon's Dogma, and in it you could create a character that would go out into the online world, and other players from other games could take this character and run through the game with this character that you created. Right, but this is an NPC character. That's what I'm saying. That it was an NCP character that was in your party. So it's a lot of reminiscent to that, and I'm really excited because Dragon Dogman did really well with that, and I'm really excited to see how Assassin's Creed's going to take a spin on it. Yeah, this is the first one that I'm aware of that has this, the first Assassin's Creed game anyway, right? Yes, it is the first Assassin's Creed game, which I can't really speak much because I didn't get uh, the pleasure to play Origin or Odyssey, because I kind of fell out, I, I'll admit, I kind of fell out of love with Assassin's Creed while there, because I did try to play Syndicate, and I felt like they went too far, you know, too close to modern age for it. Because of the, uh, I think because, it's an interesting concept. I would have preferred some form of co-op or something in there, um, yeah. personally. When was the last time they did a co-op, or a multiplayer? Mm. Was it Unity? Unity, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. Unity. That's kind of Because um, yeah, theoretically, if you're in a Viking clan, you don't necessarily need to be on your own. I feel that they could have probably incorporated some form of co-op quite easily. Um, you never know. It may come at a later date. We have to see how things go. Um, I would have preferred some form of co-op rather and than think... just having this mercenary um, for hire thing. I, th I think, too, that's probably why I haven't really played many Assassin's Creed games. 
just because, you know, I love my multiplayer. I love a standalone multiplayer. And it's the thing, and that's why I say, you know, Assassin's Creed 3 was my favorite. Probably my favorite Assassin's Creed. Just because the multiplayer itself was a standalone. Like you go in there, you do Wolfpack. This was the first time they introduced Wolfpack to the series. And you do the Wolfpack thing, and you can get all kinds of like credits and stuff, and you can build up your character a little bit and level up your character without actually playing competitively. Like, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. Um, Unity, man, Unity's good too. It's an open world aspect that's really good. And like you said, they had that co-op to where you could all run around the city together. Dude, I, I need to download Unity again. We need to play. Yeah, man. I say, I mean, I know you and me, we know a lot. We love playing co-op together. Um, and yeah, Unity, even though Unity wasn't the best Assassin's Creed game, the co-op aspect made it better. Yeah, um, yeah I did thoroughly enjoy that. I'm going to start the download right now. So <laughs> I need to play this game again, dude. That was one, actually sure. a good thing about Unity. I, I'd have to buy it on PlayStation Store. Unfortunately, my disc copy of it is no longer around. Um, the, the, the great thing about the Unity co-op was, yeah, it was glitchy. That's true. It had bugs. It had its problems. But the great thing about it was, was how fluid the co-op was. Even with the bugs and glitches. Yeah, <laughs> there was plenty of them. <laughs> yes, it was through the bugs and glitches. Yes, even with the bugs and glitches, it was perfectly fluid. What was that? Um, what was that mission they used to do where you used to go into the the big like manor house? The museum. Uh, it belongs in a museum. The museum. Yes. It belongs that, in a museum. Yeah. Yeah. That was that a good was, one. That was br- that was my favorite thing to do, Carl. Yeah, I, I love that. The, the fluidity of that mission alone where you could be running through the halls and guard after guard come out and you just see four players go down the hall and everything in that hall just gets cleared out. That's what was beautiful about that was the fluidity of it. But it would also affect your reward at the end. But it didn't yeah. matter. Like The way it played was just oh, was so good. I'm downloading it right now. I might play that. <laughs> um, but no, let's, let's move on. Uh, Multiplayer we talked about. Release date. Assassin's Creed Valhalla is set to release November 10th, 2020 for PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, Microsoft, and Stadia. Definitely a game I might come back to. I might come back to the Assassin's Creed franchise for this game. Who knows? We'll have to see. So, It's going to be a title. It's going to be a title that's going to be worth checking out. It's going to be a title worth getting, in my opinion. It's going to be a title that's going to be one of those titles that you want to do it. If it's good, it's going to be one of those titles you grab it and go, I'm going to play it one time, and then I'm going to, uh, and then I'm going to stop, and then you realize, wait, this is my sixth, seventh, eighth, tenth time playing through it. Yeah, it might be. I think the, the franchise as a whole kind of lost its way for a little while. And I think they've learned from a lot of their mistakes. And I think this is going to be their redemption game. Still no multiplayer, yeah. though. Coming no after multiplayer. you, Ubisoft. Absolutely. Ubisoft, we need to talk, man. Yeah. We, we do. We do. Let's meet. Let's get I, need to, I need to write them a strongly worded sell... letter. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, look. If you want to sell me and Daniel on this Assassin's Creed game, one of the updates 
or even if it's a DLC, because I guarantee you I will throw money on this DLC, and that DLC would be bring Wolfpack back. Bring Oh my Wolf god, yes. 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 That would be money for Wolfpack. Like Lloyd Hands said, we need to talk, Ubisoft. We need to get you on the podcast. For real. <laughs> we we need to have a sit down discussion. We need to write everything out on paper. And we're gonna make your new game. Because <laughs> we promise you the next Assassin's Creed game, it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> oh man. Okay. And watch it be a flop and they just turn to us. Oh, we yeah. didn't say anything. We didn't say nothing. <laughs> what? Who? <laughs> what are we talking about? You be who? You be who? <laughs> Assassin's Creed? I don't know that game. Alright. Let's move on. Streamer content creator gossip. So Lucky, I know you know C Nanners, right? Yes. Okay. Lloyd, you're not very familiar. No, I had a little look into it. Uh, look not... into it. But before I mentioned the name, you had... I had never heard of him in my life. Okay. Let's give a little bit of backstory here. So about two years ago, a content creator by the name of C Nanners just disappeared without warning. All right? Now, whenever a YouTuber does this, you, you normally think they're either dead or they're burnt out, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't Great. make a goodbye video. He didn't give anyone a warning. <laughs> Just vanished. Completely ghosted. All right. For those of you who don't know, C. Nanners back in the day used to be a premier director for a gaming company called Machinima Respawn. Until he broke ties with Machinima and started doing his own thing on YouTube. Mind you, he was still doing YouTube. He used to make live commentaries while playing Minecraft prop hunt Trouble in Terrace Town and Call of Duty, just to na just to name a few, right? He used to do all that. He used to do Minecraft Let's Plays, everything. Well, he's back from the grave. About three weeks ago, he made a video playing Call of Duty Warzone while explaining where he's been for the past two years. Apparently, he had been struggling with mental health and ultimately trying to refine himself as a human being. Which I understand that, you know, sometimes YouTubers, they need a break, right? Um, but my thing is, is like, he just kind of disappeared. Like, at least make a video letting us know, hey, I'm taking a break, that kind of thing. You figure he would lose his audience at that point, you know? But no, I think the last time, three years ago, when I actually was watching him kind of religiously, I used to watch his prop hunt videos. And... He was at like 2 million subscribers at the time, around there, okay? Uh, I checked his page when, like, Friday. I want to say I checked it Friday. He's up to 5 million now. And I don't know if it's because he come back or what, but... I, I can actually explain that. Um, he, he hadn't uploaded a video, that's true, in about two years. He has not uploaded a video, nothing... But we knew he was okay because of his friend, Chilled Chaos. Chilled Chaos shut down his OG channel, which was called Chilled Chaos, and went up through uploading another channel. And in those few videos, every now and then that he uploads, we do see C Nanners. We do oh. see, yes, we do see Adam, like in the videos, just not recording. I haven't really followed Chilled that much, so Chilled wasn't. 
Yeah, it chill wasn't really my favorite. It wasn't until a friend of mine who no offense to Chill Chaos if you watch this podcast, bro. No offense to you at all. Just, oh, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know who he is either. <laughs> well, he's he was a friend. He was a friend of Adams or C Nairns. He he was always like in a C Nairns video at least. Yeah, at yeah, yeah. He he was actually one of C Nairns oldest and closest friends. They played they, Minecraft and Propline a lot together. I mean, it's an yeah. interesting time for someone who's disappeared for two years to come back, though. Like, if we yeah. look at the grand scheme of things, there are now more gaming streamers than there ever have been. And um, see, that's just it. You know why? This guy, I feel like this guy, in my opinion, was one of the OGs in content creation. Yeah, he was. Because uh, the reason I say that is because he used to work for Machinima Respawn, right? Well, Machinima Respawn kind of paved the way for all these content creators for gaming, right? You know, you had, at the time, you had Optic Hex, you had Hutch, you had Mr. Sark, you had all of them. I guess trying to form an empire at that point for the gaming side of YouTube. Yeah. C-Nanners was involved in that team. So, I don't know, I guess it may have gotten to him, you know, like, he finally kind of paved the way, right? But two years later he comes out with a video and i guess maybe he sees wow this thing is really kind of blown up you know maybe that was part of it yeah another thing was it was he he had hit a financial stump too like it was getting harder and harder for him to justify to his wife that youtube was his job because we all know the the chaos, no offense to Google or YouTube if y'all are watching this podcast, but we all know the shit show that is YouTube <laughs> when it comes to content, content creators. And unfortunately, CNanners was one of the ones that was hit hard because of the cussing, because of the unchild-friendly product, stuff like that. He, he was hit kind of hard by it. Yeah. I mean, uh, he, probably, he probably sees that there's money to be made now. The problem is when yeah. you've been out of the rankings for so long you've got you know you've got the likes of ninja and dr disrespect and people like that who are raking in the money for it and it's like he's now got a, a hell of a ladder to climb to even get up there i mean yeah okay he's got five million subscribers he's got a, a fan base already there but you've got a lot of people that are quite new like you know you've got the younger generation that are new into gaming and like if you take all like you know the younger generation they're probably on twitch now and they've probably never heard this guy um, so I think he's got some work out. If he can do it, fair play to him. Do you know what I mean? If he can work his way yeah. up and earn some decent money. But it's just a very strange time for him to come back into it. You'd have thought perhaps, you know, a year ago when things were really starting to begin to hot up would have been his perfect time to come back. But he's waited now where you've got big names, you've got tournaments, you've got all sorts, and he comes back now. He's, I think he's gonna, it's going to be a task for him to actually get back up to the standing that he was. I, I, I honestly think that's what drew him back. And I'm not going to lie. C. Nanners, if you've watched his competitive gameplay videos, he loves he loves that challenge. He loves being, you know, comes into a new game, being the low new, doesn't know what he's doing, and raising those ranks. Like, quick. Quick. Like, he loves that challenge. He loves it. He I always, I always refer to him as a sophisticated gamer, right? Because yeah. his manner, his his mannerism, dude, is like, dude, I don't know. He's like a Dr. Disrespect 
but more polite. Does that make sense? That's not hard. <laughs> right, it's not. But he's just very polite. He's very straightforward. Yeah. In a nice way. Like it, I don't know, dude. It's just it's hard to explain. I I mean I may I refer to him as a sophisticated gamer. And but he, he he's, like even if you watch that video where he comes back and explains where he's been, if you watch if you actually watch the gameplay in the background. He hasn't lost his touch. No. Like, no. He, he he went into that Solo's War Zone, and he devastated. Any player he came across, he just was on top, barely hit every now and then, but was just on top. He hasn't lost his step at all. Yeah. He, he really hasn't. And I think when you've done gaming for so long, you're not going to lose it. I mean, it's just like riding a bike. To me, yeah. anyway, it is like... I, right now, if I took a break, right, for instance, let's just say I take a break for like a week, okay, and I've done this in the past. I take a break from playing Fortnite. Let's just say playing Fortnite for about a week. When I take a break from Fortnite for about a week, and then I finally come back to it, and I'm like, Ugh, I don't really know if I want to play this or not. You know, you kind of get that burnout feeling already before you even start playing. You jump into a Fortnite game, right? Within the first five games, you get a win, and you're like, okay. So apparently, I still have my touch. But this guy was, like, gone for years. Two years. And he's still at the top of his game. Like, like, uh, like, like he dropped in. The first thing he dropped in was dropped in on top of the gas station and immediately took down two players. Yeah, Not even thinking fair. about it. Like, he with was a, talking casually. With a PP9? Yeah, well, I mean, just because he's not been streaming, that doesn't mean he's not he's not been gaming. Yeah. I imagine. Right, he's, he's probably been gaming. Yeah, yeah, he's been gaming. But the fact that he he still held that air. What another thing that amazed me was, even though he was doing really really ga- well in the game, you wouldn't even notice because of how he it, it, because of how he uh, how he held himself. He held himself like he like the last video he uploaded was two days ago. Yeah, three days. Yeah, three days ago. Like, he, he didn't even blink. Like, he was right in on it. He was calm. He was collected. He knew what he was going to say. Didn't stutter, really. Got his point across, and he was done. No, that one, the Warzone one he made about three weeks ago. Yeah. Like, but he come out three days ago with, of him playing Among Us. He was playing Among Us. And he was playing with, like I said, Mr. Stark, Sark. Sorry, no T there. He was playing with Mr. Sark, and he was playing with Chill Chaos, uh, Eat My Diction. Bro, that's a name I haven't seen in a while. He was playing with Eat My Diction. He was playing with so many top names that back in the day were huge. Yeah. And I don't know. It seems like he just picked up where he left off. Yeah, he didn't even blink. Like, he has not. And what's so bad is, what really worries me is I'm starting to think he's in some, like, voodoo magic in those two years because he does not look a, di- a, a, a day old. Well, in his war zone, see, that's the thing. In his war zone video, he was saying, you know, he's been working out more. He's been trying to yeah. eat healthier. Um, you can tell he's got his weight up a little bit. Like, you yeah. can look at him in the face and be like, okay, he's gained a little bit of weight there. Like, <laughs> yeah. But, but personality-wise, like, you couldn't tell that it's been two years. Like, no. it, 
like I said, he picked up where he left off. Yeah, and that's just that right there for me is just a sign of a good content creator. Absolutely. That's a good entertainer. If they can take a break that long, get their life situation, and come back and not miss a single step, but not only just not miss a single step, but revel in the challenge of becoming a well-known name again. That that's 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 amazing. I don't know, man. But you think he's here to stay? He might be. If he can gain enough money, I think he might be. Yeah. Well, what do you think, Lloyd? It's going to be interesting one to see. I'd say there's there's a lot of streamers out there now. Um, it's just been flooded with them. Um, if he can, then fair play to him. Um. It's going to be one of those ones. Time, time will tell. Um, but yeah, I wish him the best of luck. I've seen a few of his videos now, and yeah, he looks like a decent content, content creator. So we shall see what the future holds. Uh, go back and watch some of his other videos, though. Like, oh, I have been. I've been watching a few since you mentioned it. Oh, um, really? Yeah. What did you yeah, watch? Yeah. Uh, I watched the his Among Us video, um, and then I went older. Uh, give me one second. What was it I watched? I can give you one of his best videos, and it is still my favorite of all time. Which one? The one where um, they're playing that game where the monster, the uh, the attacker's invisible. Oh, the hidden. Yeah, the hidden. Where it's Morgan. That's Freeman. some of his good ones. That's some. Yeah, of his we're good Morgan ones. Freeman putting him. <laughs> yeah. Like he's. That's- that is one of his best videos. Is just because the, the right off the gate he opens it with. Max, I want you to act like you're Morgan Freeman coming to hunt me. And Ma- <laughs> uh, yeah. Gassy Mexican is the guy's name. If you don't know who that is, please, everybody, go give that man some love because he does amazing voice impressions. He's, he's a great voice impersonator. Yes. I'm what right else off did you watch? I watched about uh, hidden places on the internet and all sorts of, there's some few random ones on there. I just kind of picked up quite a few of them. I feel like a good three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Go, 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 go back up. and watch some of his prop hunt and all that crap. Yeah. Like, go go look at his, his video. Comedy, bro. It, it is. is. And most of his prop hunt videos, most of his hidden videos, and all that are only three minutes. But when it ends, you're like, bro, that's it. Like, come on. Like all these people are making like ten minute videos now, eight minute videos now, and. You get him who's making three, and you're like, I want more, you know? Like, <laughs> it, it, maybe it, it, that's his ploy. Maybe, maybe. And the first video I ever watched of him is deleted, right? The first video I ever watched of him was when he was with Machinima Respawn. Well, when Machinima closed down, they deleted all the content creators' videos that they had uploaded to their channel. And the first video I've seen of him. He was playing Modern Warfare 2 using a Deagle. And I can't remember the map, but I think he got a nuke in that gameplay, and he was commentating it. And, dude, like, he is... Uh, I, I fell in love with him from that video on just because of the fact that... How sophisticated he sounds. You know what I mean? Like, he's not like the, the whole, all, well, get wrecked, you suck. You know, he's not like that. He's really calm about it. Yeah, I, I, think do, that's I why, do like that. I think that's why most premiere directors are still relevant. It's because yeah. they have a calm voice. So Absolutely. I mean, I'll definitely be keeping my eye on some of his content. 
and uh, hopefully you can bring back some uh, some really good content. Well, I'm now this is something on Cena's I'm looking forward to, and I'm wondering if he's going to bring back. Let's not throw out the fact that he had his own animated show that he directed, filmed, and helped animate, which was uh, the uh, paranormal uh, paranormal investigators, and it was done with Van Ott, and it was done with Mister Stark too as characters. So I'm wondering if since he's back, because the reason that show stopped was because two years ago he stopped. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see him pick it back up. There's a lot of stuff that would be very interesting. Yeah. But let's wrap it up, guys. Um, Anybody got any final thoughts, comments? Valhalla, I'm ready. Just shut up and take my (laughs) <laughs> I, I will I will throw it down at you. <laughs> Shut up and trade me pagan currency. <laughs> Let me pull it out of my bra. Here you go. <laughs> sorry, you, sorry, license, you wear a bra. <laughs> hey, we need man. to talk. <laughs> what we'd like to say is uh hope anyone listening has enjoyed. Make sure you follow. Uh also make sure you go and follow our Twitch uh, page and we're gonna be doing some live streams and a few bits of content on there as well. Uh, Twitch, uh, twitch.tv forward slash The Grit Show. Uh, we appreciate you guys coming out. Thanks a lot for listening. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Spotify. That way you know whenever we do our podcast. Uh, we're trying to do podcasts every week. Uh, we'll have to see where it goes. We appreciate you guys. Thanks. Have a good one, guys. Peace out. Bye.